Hey folks, Church Safety Guy James here. So this is uh, this is one of those reels <laughs> or shorts or whatever you want to call them. But I wanted to do a quick video, and I may break this up into two parts. So uh, I will call this part one. Hopefully, I won't uh, won't be too long winded. But I want to talk about handling frustrations and. I want to talk about how that connects with mental health. And most of the time, honestly, um, we don't associate handling a frustration or having a frustration with mental health. Um, a lot of times we, we tend to get very polarizing when it comes to church safety and security or really any ministry. And when things don't go the way that we think that they should, oftentimes that's that causes us to have like a knee-jerk reaction where we can't always figure out what's really going on in that situation and i'm not i'm not sharing this today um to point fingers by any means this is something that i work on uh in my own life when i'm when i'm involved with ministry but um we've had a few people in our social media groups uh, lately post questions on being frustrated about um, this church member isn't doing this. They're not adhering to the policy. They're not adhering to the, the procedure. And basically, you know, how do I handle it? What's your recommendation? And, you know, how that, how that plays in, like, what can I do to actually make this a better situation? So I've been thinking about it and you, you guys know, I mean, I don't typically make videos like this um, anymore. Honestly, I'm just so busy with doing other stuff and, and um, you know, I, we're, we're getting ready and I'll put a plug in for this. We're getting ready to release a new podcast um, that's 10 weeks in a season. And that will be coming out probably within the next week or two. Um, and uh, you know, I, I assist, and so does Mike. We both assist with other ministries, and we're involved in in giving back uh, to the church community through our own churches, and then, and certainly um, other other venues. But I started thinking about this, and this was really it has been weighing on my heart personally, and then also um, as we have pastors reach out to us, or or folks like yourself watching this, that you're a ministry volunteer, and you're getting frustrated with something. So here's, here's my thought. I was trying to put some notes together and a friend of mine, good friend of mine that I went to college with, uh, actually posted a Bible verse. And, you know, you ever have one of those moments where like the light bulb comes on and it's like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. Um, that's, I just happened to glance at this verse that he shared on Facebook and um, everything kind of like connected so I wanted to share this with you because I thought it was really cool. So the Bible verse was actually in Ephesians, Ephesians 4 uh, verses 1. And I think it's interesting, and I want to ju jump into this just a tiny bit to share this with you, maybe to give you a little bit of food for thought and uh, to kind of help uh, maybe if you're struggling with some frustrations with your ministry or your church or that sort of thing. Um, this is just some of my thoughts on that. So Ephesians, uh, and of course, Ephesians isn't, it's not my thoughts. It's, it's the apostle Paul's thoughts, but the verse was Ephesians four, one through seven. And it says, I, therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy 
of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so my thought was, realistically, oftentimes we get frustrated with stuff happening. And uh, someone posted in the group, I think it was yesterday, that they were frustrated with a family that's coming to their church that doesn't necessarily want to check their kids in. And so I can understand, trust me, I've, I've been there as you know, a safety director, ministry leader for the last um, probably 30 years uh, of, of my life, I have almost, I think, come across every type of situation that you can possibly imagine in the church. And so I understand that frustration. But the thing that kind of popped into my head when I started thinking about it and thinking about a response is that oftentimes we have a knee-jerk reaction to what's frustrating us as it being a polarizing black and white, yes or no thing. And oftentimes we think, okay, wait a second. You know what? If this family is having an issue bringing their child to church and following the rules and checking in, they have a problem with authority. They have a problem with security. They have a problem with um, the children's ministry policy. And the truth is, if we apply that verse and we step back and we think about it for just a minute, we certainly get a different perspective. So I would encourage you the next time that you get frustrated with something like this, something just not working, to kind of step back and go to Ephesians 4, chapter 1, um, or I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, and contemplate this verse. The Apostle Paul is saying he's a prisoner for the Lord. The Ephesians know this. They know he says it in chapter four. And so it's like, to me, it's like Paul saying, look, this is on my heart. Remember, I'm in jail. Like I'm, I, I have things happening that are not good things. Like over the top with the mental health concerns, over the top with frustrated. But I'm going to tell you that you still need to walk worthy of the manner in which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of spirit in bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So the reason I say go to Ephesians 4, 1 through 7 is sometimes we need that reminder that as we're serving, we have the opportunity to be gracious, to be patient, to be loving, and to offer forgiveness for those around us, even when they do something that's frustrating for us, even when they don't follow the policy, even when you have to tell them the 506th time, yes, this is the reason we lock the doors on Sunday. It's for your protection and safety. This is the reason why we have check-ins with the kids in, in those ministries. The truth is that when we take a moment and we step back and we actually reflect on our response, 
and review our immediate reaction and our immediate, immediate response, it gives us the opportunity to take a breath, regroup, and decide what is really going on here. What is the real problem? Is the real problem this one family, this one instance doing this and making this choice? Or is this a bigger, is this just the symptom of a bigger problem that we need to address with the culture, how we do things as a church, how we do things as a ministry. Let's step back. And you know what, what I've found in the last 30 years of ministry, that oftentimes when we do that, it gives us clarity of mind, peace, and wisdom to be able to make the right decisions to move forward, to not be frustrated specifically at someone, but to take the steps necessary to make that situation and ministry better and run more efficiently and more effectively. We have to acknowledge and assess what the root cause of that situation is. Regardless of what you're frustrated with, many times these things that pop up are simply symptoms of a greater problem and a bigger problem. Now, I, I say that as an encouragement. I'm not saying that as go find something that's a bigger problem, keep things simple, right? But at the same time, we have the opportunity to work with others, be a blessing to others and serve God. And so as we do that, when something isn't right, when something doesn't work out right, or it isn't being handled correctly, we need to take the opportunity to actually look a little bit deeper and say, you know what, why am I getting so frustrated about this? Is it because just this one family is, is making this choice? Or is it because this is a church-wide thing that maybe nobody respects safety and security? So if that is, then we need to take effective, adequate steps to move forward, to isolate what the root cause of that situation is and problem and take that before the Lord first, but then moving forward and following up on that, take the opportunity to actually go and uh, work on solutions with correcting that and making that better. That could be sitting down with your oversight pastor and saying, hey, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that this is the mentality. This is the perception. This is the attitude. What can we do together to adjust this and make it more favorable toward ministry interaction and cooperation? Because I guarantee if you handle it with that methodology with that path of saying, you know what, what can we do to make this ministry better? What can we do to make these folks feel more welcome, but also have them understand and respect the necessity of safety in this case for ministry? God will bless that. And who knows, by the time you isolate figure it out, adjust it so that that culture is more effective, you could find that that individual that you were upset about or frustrated with might easily be the next person that volunteers with you for you on the safety team ministry. So again, I say that as an encouragement, please go read Ephesians 4, 1 through 7, and remember that we're here to support you in your ministry. If we can do that in any way, we're, we're happy to do that. Please feel free to reach out to us either through one of the social media outlets. Um, I believe we're on them all 
or you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.